Uh, I'm gonna try to go, uh, how, what the, well, we have time, it's up to you. Uh, it's only, it'll be midnight here soon, but I'm okay with it. Um, all right. Uh, these are ingredients to become a successful coach. And these are my thoughts, okay? So I, I did this presentation the first time for my coaches at Bowls. I, you know, I started with a team that I had 11 coaches when I got there, 225 swimmers. And two years later, I had 500 swimmers and 19 coaches and stuff. So we grew pretty quickly, you know? So I had to learn how to, to share things, you know? And we, one of the things that we did, that maybe you want to do with your coaching staff, every Thursday we had a, a, a talk like this, you know? Each coach pick a subject, whatever they wanted, and they would expose it. And this is one of the things that came from my brother's uh, involvement. Uh, they would expose uh, whatever they thought, psychology, season planning, how to deal with the parents, bullying. You know, one of the days I did this presentation about the ingredients to become a successful coach. And that's my view. Yeah? So this is not from, you get this from a book or from, from anybody, right? If you to, to be a successful coach, you have to be a coach. To be a coach, you have to have a little bit of science. Right? So you have to study. You, can come, you know, my brother has a background in engineering, but then he read so many books and he did so many certificates. And most of us have some background in school, like science. In America, a lot of the coaches don't have any background in science. You have to have a or a master's in swimming or whatever it is, or physiology to be a swim coach. You know, have some psychology, have some art, your own experience, and then some planning. And I think these are the five components that for me make In the science, I just put three things here. You have the uh, physiology, methodology of training, nutrition, you could go with season plannings and all, all other things, but you know, I just put three things. You know, uh, I, I'm going to put three things that I think they're important. Um, uh, psychology, human behavior, stress stressors. Most important, understanding understanding oneself. You, know, you need to understand who you are. Okay? And if anybody asks me, any one of the coaches that I had a chance to coach what type of book I can, I can read to be a coach and they're asking me for a swimming I would always try to tell them, figure it out about how to learn about profiling, uh, behavioral psychology, because I think that's the most important thing. You know, talk about uh, how the, the, mind, the mind is plasticity, is plastic and elastic and how it can mold and everything that my brother has, not everything, but those are some of the things that are very important. That's the most important thing. Coaching, coaching is not a profession, it's a vocation. It is a vocation. And if you think it's a profession, you're in the wrong business. Right? And it is an art. Some people, they have to have everything planned. Some people, they pull it out of their, their pockets without writing a single practice. Some people do this, some people do that, but there is an art on how you think. You have to be able to express yourself with no fear. You know, I know I have a funny accent and, you know, you know, I, I taught myself English, you know, and I don't know how to pronounce phonetically. And, you know, it's very hard for me to read aloud. And it, I don't care. You don't want to hear it. Just don't listen, you know. But I'm going to express who I am, you know, and that's very important. Daydreaming, that's important. And most important, the art of bringing your dream to a reality. Oh, that's, that's the beautiful thing about coaching, you know, being a human being. Then experience. Experience as a swimmer, as a coach. Age, you know, it's like, like uh, you know, we're like bottles of wine. You know, we ran reserves. With, with years, we get better. You know? And, you know, I know being a father, I didn't have a dad. Being a dad has changed my perspective of many things. And makes me hopefully a better person and a better coach, as dysfunctional as I am. Planning. You know, you can plan your seasons, your uh, uh, that's very important. Your daily thinking time, that's very important. You never take that away from you. And very important, your family. Family time or me time. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't have a spouse, uh, you don't have children, 
me time. Every day you have to try to have some me time. Sometimes you have to disconnect from things week to week or whatever you can. And just because life keeps moving forward. And then, you know, you become a coach. You become an artist, like Leonardo da Vinci. Not that I think I'm Leonardo da Vinci, but my beer is coming along pretty well. Eh? Look at this. <laughs> uh, don't be afraid of the unknown. You know? yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to make sense, but it's very important for me to daydream, you know, and to sit down and think, reflect. Never be afraid of thinking. Not because somebody tells you that these and really feel things and then make it happen right? then these things like this happen you know you become you know you become good but you, this is not about being good because this is a competition that we created within our team and look at the kids how excited they are they're so happy to hold a trophy and and just take a picture and that moment is so powerful right? so um why do I believe in this? Well, mistake, I guess, because my mom working uh, two, three jobs, and you know, I, I've been in the water pretty much since birth. You know, I think I learned how to swim when I was three years old, and that's when I grew up. I have been exposed to success and failure, probably more failure than success, because I was not a very good swimmer growing up, and and. When, I, when the coaches ask me, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? It's like, I want to be an Olympic champion. They laugh at me. And then when I became a, a bronze medalist in the Olympics, they were like, wow. My coach told me, and, you know, he gave me a hug and he told me, Sergio, I don't know how you've done this. I, I had to, I must have slapped him. Uh, I'd rather believe in what I feel than to do what somebody else thinks. And that's very important. Right? As long as you don't, do anything bad, you don't take advantage of people, and you're honest with the way you do things. You know, you make one mistake, you fix it, but you have to do what you feel and what you think. If I doubt when I go into, in, 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 uh, on the pool deck or when I go to a competition, my, my swimmers will doubt. And my swimmers, I know, I, I carry my emotions on my sleeve. They're going to feel everything nonstop. So we have to be very careful for that. I think another thing reason why I believe is because of so many years of being around water, swimmers, coaches, and competitions, I have compiled a lot of information in my brain and in my mind. I like to tell coaches that if you coach, if you were a swimmer for 15 years, you coach for another 15 years, you are a walking encyclopedia of knowledge. Huh? The, 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 the hard part is you never sat down to put all that knowledge about what type of training you've done, how people have treated you, what type of coaches you have, what experiences you have, and compile and analyze all that. But if you do that, you will be, you have so much information. Okay? So I, I always tell them now it's time to think, feel, analyze, and develop your thoughts to share and create success. Right. So very important. Limitation is no limitation. This is from Bruce Lee. I like Bruce Lee. I like, ah, you know. I think this space of limitation is no limitation. I think uh, it's very important. Uh, to break the world record means that no one else in the history of human time has done that. A level of human has done things in the water and outside of the water that no one else has done. And that's true. Right? That's why it's a world record. You know? And that's only one person has done that. You know? So at that given moment in time, because I've been doing in a, every day, there's so many people that could break world records that they're trained to do it. But at, the, at that given moment in time, that competition, only one person does it. You know, um, first thing is to believe that the world record has no limits. Right? You know, if you look at Caleb Dressel, 49.5 in the kind of fly, that's pretty impressive. Or in Chokor's yard, 17.6. Who would have thought? you would see a human being go 17-6, beating everybody else by a second in 50 yards, you know, in like 45 meters. You know, uh, second is to change and adapt with what your instinct tells you. And many times we look for information outside when we, we have the right answer inside. 
and we don't want to pay attention to it. What I will share with you today a little bit is well, the next three days, because I took this presentation for I will share with you my thoughts, experiences, you know, that I worked in the last years. Uh, ingredients to be a successful coach, you have a swimmer, a person. A swimmer equals person equals success. Uh, physiology, I believe, simple does it. Okay? You have to have the knowledge. You have to look, uh, learn about energy systems. You have to learn about uh, uh, um, season plants, microcycles, mesocycles. Microcycles, uh, what affects the body, how a person, how many hours it takes to recover. You have to learn all that. But there's so much information out there. But you have to keep it simple, right? because if not, there's so much information that you will go bananas. Psychology, very important. Right? Treat people how the way you want to be treated, and understand how people move, talk, do things. Uh, methodology, think about the long term and the season plan. The long term, I would say, you have swimmers like. 14, 15, look at four-year plans, eight-year plans, you know, and look at the long-term. Uh, some of you in your countries, you might be able to be with your kids since they're 14 until they're 20 something. You know? For me, when I was a, a high school coach, I had to think from 14 to 18 and then leave it to somebody else at a very good place so they could explode and, and do great things. And then my personal thoughts and tricks. Uh, most important point, there are some, uh, some of the key things that I kept always in, in mind that I have no doubt have helped me become a successful coach. Everything I'm sharing with you are from my personal experience and how the tools have shaped me, my thought process, and also shaped the tools that I use to help the students, coaches and parents, across my path in this life. Most important, think, shape, create a whole person. That's the most important. You know, if, if you don't do that, some swimmers might swim fast every once in a while, but they will not have a successful career. The most important, successful career as a person. Right? You have too much influence in that person's life. Two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours a day, weekends, you know. So think Like I said before, coaching is not a profession. It is a vocation. You understand? And that's something. It's like, some coaches make a lot of money. They're lucky in the, in the swimming community, but not many coaches make a lot of money. Yeah. And we do it why? Because we want to give something back and we want to do this and we spend endless hours, 80 hours a week, 90 hours a week, you know, like nonstop. The byproduct of taking care of a person, swimmer, in a holistic way is fast swimming. And that's something that you need to understand. Fast swimming is not about only pushing barriers and pushing barriers and pushing barriers. It's about creating that person. Social balance between the family, academic balance for younger kids, and uh, swimming balance. You need to understand what type of coach you are. Learn to swim, age group, senior, or high performance. I've seen so many amazing age group coaches that they can do amazing jobs with kids from 10 years old to 14 years old, teaching them technique, teaching them how to swim perfectly, teaching them good mindset, and then when they become head coaches, they're done because they don't understand that. You know? And it's okay. You don't have to be a head coach. You know, the only thing that you need to know is what are my tools and how can I share them? How can I make them better? You know? Some people are going to evolve from learn to swim to become age group coaches, senior coaches, and then high-performing coaches. And that's okay. Right? But you need to understand what type of limitations you might have because of the way you are, you know? And what are, what are your gifts? What is your vocation? Do you, you know, I know if I try to teach young kids right now, it would take me a couple of years to try to figure out how to talk to an uh, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old. I, I would probably grab a kickboard and hit them in the head, you know? Um, study the basics of science, energy systems, but remember, there's not how much you learn constantly that will help you be successful. It's how you create your thought and apply that in a daily basis. And stay the course with that. <laughs> Study the best techniques, watch videos, technology, but also understand that each individual is different. And, so and the 
there's nothing that you can do. For example, Joseph, I think I explained last time what happened with Joseph's avatar tree and how everybody was trying to make me change it. And I agreed to try to change it and to catch the water better in the front. And this is was when he was 15 years old, I think, and, and he came and he went 156, 205. Everybody became an expert in Joseph. So I tried to listen to people. And after two months, I realized, and he kept telling me, Sergio, I'm losing my kick, I'm losing my kick, I'm losing my kick. And he's a kid that's at the age of 16, he's going 10 100s long course with 10 seconds rest, uh, best average going 111s and finishing in 106 with a kick butterfly. So I, I told him, I came up with some story about it. Don't worry, when you get older and you go into a weight program, you're going to get heavier, you're going to do this. He believed it, and we move forward, you know. Create your own thought process, your own recipe. Not just try what another successful coach does. Remember that you can follow step by step how to make a certain dish, but what makes the dish excellent is the way you mix those ingredients. And that's the art of being a coach. You can have the rice, the spices, the dish, the dust, the water, the and then you just put it and follow the rules. But sometimes instead of boiling the water for, you know, four minutes, maybe the water in your town is a little bit different uh, than the guy that wrote the recipe. And you have to boil it for four and a half minutes. You have to figure that one out. Every day, take 10 minutes at the end of the day before you go home or on your way home to see how it went. How, how do you need To help you understand how your process is going. This is something my brother, when he came and helped us out on balls with the coaches, he told us to always have daily reflections. That it was very important. You know, he was doing that with the executive coaching with the people in the, uh, in, in the big companies, nothing related with the sports, and try to teach them how to reflect, and how to understand, and how to slow down a little bit. You know, because for me, from the pool, I go home and I have two, two kids, uh, my daughter and my son, that they were young and I never see them. So now I have to read to them, I have to read. So then my wife also talk to me and I don't want to talk to her or whatever it is, you know. So it becomes very busy and you don't have time to think about it. And then you're so tired that you fall asleep in the couch. Plan family time. If you're single, make sure you have me time. That is so important. Have me time so you can go out there if, you know, if even I'm married with, with kids, and sometimes I tell my wife, hey, I'm not coming home today. And one thing, they, like tonight, I'll come not right away. You know, if I say I'm not coming home, and I, I have a problem. But I say, like, hey, I'm so stressed out. She knows. I normally like to go and watch a movie. I sit over there with a big thing of popcorn, and I eat my popcorn, watch a movie. And by the time I come out of that movie, that was my time, two hours that I spent. And I get in the car, I go home, and I'm a new man. <laughs> I've been able to reflect on things. And this is a stupid thing that I do. That some people maybe say, you're wasting your time. I'm not sitting in, for me in a movie theater with nobody there on a Tuesday night. Then with a big thing, of, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. And then I can think. Maybe the movie's, ah, but it makes me think. I'm the type of person that I have to study on a, on a restaurant or in the streets, watching people. You know, if I want to study at a library, the first thing I do, I take a nap because it's so quiet. <laughs> so uh, never be afraid of talking and educating parents about swimming and the process that their children are going through. You know, as I said before, you know, parents can be your next assistant coach, can be your best allies, but you just need to never be defensive. You just need to really show them that, hey, I want you to be part of this, and this is your children, and I'm just one other person in, in, in this process that's going to help you, your kid be excellent. You know? um, as a head coach, if you're a head coach, my advice would be uh, lead by example. Create an environment that fosters continuous teaching, learning, and synergy. You know, nowadays, it's more and more important than when we were young. Because, you know, when we were young, you could be part of a team. If they don't swim, tomorrow they can be playing basketball. The next day they can be playing video games. 
and you know, a lot of the parents, I remember in Singapore, the kids were between lessons, school, swimming, uh, piano lessons. Uh, uh, they were so, so, so overwhelmed that if they don't have something that makes them feel special, like, a, like part of an extended family, and that's the team, they're going to have a hard time keep, keep moving forward. Empower your coaches to be, be the best that they can be, even if that means that they're better than you. And you have to accept that. You know? uh, I've always tried to have assistant coaches that I know they're going to be loyal, huh? and I know that they're better than me, or that maybe they can do things that I don't want to do. You know? And I'm going to empower them to be better and to do those things. You know? Give them responsibility and keep them accountable. That's very important. Teach, share as much as you can. You know, that doesn't mean that every day you have to be, I'm not a very, uh, uh, how you call it? I don't read like my brother reads. I can, you know, I, I watch videos sometimes like this. I am more of a, my experiences and what I observe from people. You know, I have a background in, in science. I, I had a degree in coaching from Spain. I studied kinesiology in school. But I, I don't remember half of that stuff. What I remember is every, everything that I learn every day. And for me, that's what I'm not saying that the best is, but whoever you are, always try to teach, teach, and share. Most important, share things. Um, learn from your coaches constantly. What to do better and what, you, what, what not to do. You know? uh, I think a lot of the times I go to listen to people, coaches that I don't like. I don't. I, I know that I, I couldn't really understand, but I listen to them because then it makes me really appreciate the things that I don't want to do. You know, and it gives me a good perspective on the things that I think they're wrong for me. Uh, constantly learn from your students. That's the most important. The most information you can get is from watching your students and accepting what they tell you without opening their mouth. Sometimes... You, well, they open their mouth too, but sometimes they open their mouth too much. I don't want to do this today. I think we should be doing that. Or that's not. But, you know, they're the ones that have the talent and the answers to your questions. I always tell my students, I will always be learning from you, not just from your words, but by the way you challenge my thought process every day, with the way you perform at every practice and competition. And my job is to watch the results. No. In, that, in a stopwatch, not on stroke count, not distance per stroke. Those are important things, but most important is the reactions, the way they challenge things, the way they, they, they're happy, excited, the way they recover, the way they come back to the pool and they look tired. That is good, they look tired, it's unhealthy. You know? and, and then you need, to, you need to process all those things. That's very important. You know, in many places, you might have a nutritionist, you might have a psychologist, you might have all this, but in most places, we don't have the luxury of that. And so you have to try to understand the basis of that. In a few words, you know, art, express yourself, experience, trust your instinct, planning, stay the course with your thought Psychology, always be observant. Science, learn the fundamentals and think outside the box. Those are the things that I believe give you success. Any questions? If you wanna, if you wanna talk, just um, just admit yourself. No questions? Okay. Serge, I have a question. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, uh, uh, you, you mentioned about uh, you, you go and listen to some coaches that um, uh, you can't stand, but um, uh, as a young developing coach or even where you find yourself now, who are some of the coaches that you looked up to or that took care of you or who provided for you the basic template of how you coach and have, have evolved as a coach now? Uh, 
Um, I'll tell you, the best advice I I had was from Joseph Nagy. I had some very good coaches. I had uh, my coach in Spain, Jordi Murillo, was very good. And he, you know, uh, nobody knows about him, but he was very good at developing plans. And the way way he developed me and helped me out. Uh, uh, Doc Councilman, Bob Grosseth. This was, Bob Grosseth was one of my mentors, never coached me. Frank Bush coached me for a year. Uh, Joseph Nagy probably had the most biggest influence on in me. Doc Hanselman and Joseph Nagy have been the most influential people in my in my career. I saw for Rick Demon for a while because I wanted to understand how a sprinter thinks. But I think you know, and I think I mentioned this before. I I, I don't have a template from any coach uh, besides uh, I you know what I have created from the experiences that I have, and that's something you know. Joseph Nagy asked me one day when I was a swimmer of his and I was about to retire, hey, Sergio, what do you really want to do when you grow up, when you get out of this? When you, grow up, when you go to, so well, I want to be a swim coach. So I'm going to go back to Spain. I'm going to start with little kids and I want to learn. And one day I want to have a chance to coach an Olympic champion. And he told me, he said, Sergio, you're an idiot. You are an idiot. Do not do that. All right? What you got to do is figure it out how you're going to start coaching at a high level. Try to find one or two swimmers or try to find something that, so you can keep recycling everything that you have. I swam professionally until I was 28 years old. I was ranked top 20 in the world in the 100 brass, 200 brass, 100 fly, 200 fly, 200 iron, 200 iron, 200 feet, 400 feet. And I had so many great coaches that if I sat down and I thought about how to put things together, plus I had a, a coach's degree from the Spanish school that's pretty interesting. It's three years in the they do a very good job uh, in teaching you how to to see some plant in this. So, and he said, Sergio, you need to create your own thought process with all the everything that you know, and then start pushing forward. And then, if you learn from this and this from your swimmers and this from this, you'll be able to have a great plan. And that's what I've been trying to do. Um, you know, I'm not saying anything negative about any other coaches. That has been my process. Um, you know. I always like to share what I do. So if people come to my practices, I've always given them whatever because I think that's if they want to use it or they see. But, you know, that's what I do. Um, you know, I think what you can do as a coach is identify, like my brother said or somebody said, somebody that you can relate and try to see if it's a coach that coaches at a higher level than, than you are right now and, and, and sit down and with them and see if you can be there for a week observing or you can do something and you can learn certain things that you can maybe change different behaviors or, you know, you know, when one time I listened to Bill Swickenham, but one time I, I listened to him a few times because it was very interesting, everything that was happening. And in one of the talks he said, this was before I started coaching, I had the group with uh, Joseph and Murphy and Condorelli and all these people. And he said, if you have an athlete that you think is going uh, to, has a possibility of being an Olympic champion, you need to sit down with the top three coaches of that event, you know, that had an Olympic medalist, a gold, silver and bronze from the, the, the four years before you won not win that medal. And, uh, and talk to them about how they do things and blah, 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 blah. So one of them for the 200 backstroke was, for Ryan uh, Monkey was uh, Craig Troy. I talk a lot with Craig Troy all the time because he was like not far away from me. Uh, the other one was uh, Eddie Reese with Aaron Pearsall. You know, Craig Troy coached Ryan Lochte, Eddie Reese coached Aaron Pearsall. So what I did, I, I called him up and I went, I, I asked him if I could go and spend some days with him. And I think I spent four days with Eddie Reese and I wrote a four year plan with my thoughts about what to do. Because Ryan Murphy needed that type of thing. Joseph Schooling didn't need that, that type of process, but Ryan Murphy needed. So it was about how to go a certain time and become an Olympic champion. And it was about, uh, my thoughts about every, every year, what to do, not to do, ta-da-da, and break down the, the backstroke and technique and different things. And I'm not the most organized person in the world, but when I got there, 
uh, I met with Eddie Rees and I sat down with him and I showed him everything and he's like, wow, Sergio, uh, this is really good, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I start talking about backstop and he's like, well, you, you know what, Sergio, tomorrow Aaron Pearsall is coming back from Costa Rica from building a, uh, building a, finding a place to build a house and blah, blah, blah. You can sit down with him and you can tackle a backstop. Okay. So the next day, I went there to talk with Eddie Rees. The next day, I'm sitting with Aaron Pearsall for three hours to talk about backstop. He, he's such a kind guy, and I show him videos, and I show him this. I, I couldn't swim backstroke to save my life. So uh, I was a faster breaststroker than a backstroker. So think about that. Uh, so it was an amazing thing to listen to, 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 to Aaron give me his perspective of things, about backstroke and how he became uh, what he became. And, and then I spent four days watching Eddie Reese do things and this and that, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot of, you know, of how he's successful. But can I do many things like him? I'm not sure if we're the same personality, you know. Uh, so that's what I did. But, but I've been trying to keep my thought process the same. And after that meeting with him, uh, those four days, uh, I really reinforced that what I planned was a good idea. And I kept that plan. And that plan evolved, and it wasn't the same from the first year to the fourth year. But the times that I rode for the four years were pretty much, I don't remember, between one year was two-tenths defense, one year was one-tenth defense. So, you know, so I didn't make many mistakes in, with the plan. Make sense? Anybody, anybody else? Did, did that help you? Sergio, can I add something about that? I think yes. that one thing is to, is I read a lot, no? But it doesn't mean that it's, you need to apply, no? It's like Bruce Lee say, no? <laughs> you need to apply things. But the key is, one of the things that I learned is that by nature, each one of us has certain abilities. They're natural. It's like kids swimming, you know? They have, Joseph have the key. Ryan, it was, you know, he had crazy things too. Everybody has, but mentally you have certain abilities or way of thinking that somebody else doesn't do. Somebody, by, sometimes by trying to be somebody else adjusting, you lose your power. So the idea is maybe observing people and then absorbing it and saying, okay, what are my strengths, my power? How can I channel that through that power? And, be, and, you know, and express, as you say, express myself my own way using my knowledge. Because at the end of the day, as you, as you evolve and you try new things, you develop a new person, new way of thinking by, by itself without having to copy somebody else. The idea is get all the information and say, okay, this is me. What are my strengths? Communications, uh, being able to motivate. How can I use that to create what I want to create? And then manage the other things that you're not so strong. Manage them or have somebody to help you. Then it, comes, it becomes exciting. You grow faster. And then you develop new traits that you, you, didn't, you didn't know that you even have. Because they're there. But fear or whatever it is, or, or maybe you never saw them. You become... You become better at things that you never thought. So, uh, I think that's a that's a great point. Learning, practicing, but allowing yourself to use your, your powers, your natural powers, to channel that information, and then find somebody else inside of you, a, a different level of person that is in there. That's it. Hey, Sergio. Yes, Petra. Hey. Um because uh, you you coach in the US like you coach the ball school the age group kids right and then you also here in Singapore watching the the, the the coaching the swimmers here what do you think are the differences in the age group coaching and swimmers you know what are the differences between the two uh, I think the differences um, you know well, there's a lot of differences culturally it's they're two totally different places you know uh, one of the things that and Danny can tell you that Danny Yo that he's here. One of the things that he, he's now a coach for in Singapore. One of the most important things that I had to teach him how to understand to be successful is to learn how to express who they are. You know, and in Singapore they don't teach them how to express who they are. You know, uh, they have to follow this, follow that, and if you want to be excellent at something like swimming. Uh, you have to be able to stand up at the SEA Games in a facility or any facility with 
you know, in 2015, if you had 4,000 people in the stands, I don't remember how many people had, and it was packed full. You have to be able to sta uh, stand up on the block and, and look at the people and say, hey, this is me, and this is who I am, and this is, I'm going to do this because I can do this. You know? They don't teach that. You know? uh, it's, so that's the biggest difference. And, you know, I'm from Spain, and I was born in a place that uh, we had a dictatorship and we were not better than the French or the German. My kids were born in the United States, and from the moment that they can talk and they can think, they think that they're the best thing they got put in earth, you know? This is, this is a totally different mentality, you know, uh, than in Singapore. In Singapore, they don't think that way. You know, the, the, the country doesn't teach them to think how powerful they are. They want them to be at a certain standard here, you know, and that's it. And, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's a cultural thing, you know, and I have to learn how to work with them. I remember one of the things that we do to, to, to pick captains for the SEA Games or for you know, the national team, what I did is at one of the meetings, I, I asked them to stand up, whoever wanted to be captain, and share why they, and how they're going to lead the team. You know? And that's a very hard thing to do. So, and, and in that group of the 20 plus swimmers that we had, uh, Oh, I don't remember how many were, but there were a lot of young guys, 15, 14 years old, and they didn't say anything, but they were absorbing things very quickly. Well, later on, so the, the, the older guys stand up and give their talks about why we chose captains. And later on, we had the world champ, junior world championships in Singapore a few months later. And I did the same process. And some of the kids that stand up, and some of the kids that stand up were and that's in the sea games and they listen to the the seniors, but they also listen to the way we talk and the way we want to do things and the way we want to be the best team. And if you compare the talks from the 15-year-old and the 22-year-old, I would get goosebumps with the 15-year-old and I wouldn't move by the 22-year-old. And nothing to say against that. It was the way that they expressed themselves. You know, it was easier to mold a mind of a 15-year-old to try to teach them that, hey, you can reach the impossible. Let's go out there and let's fight. We're going to, because for Singapore, for the flag, to understand that it's not a, it's not a right, it's a privilege, and, you know, it's, so it's, you know, there was a big difference. And that's one of the things that, I, uh, the challenge why I went to Singapore, try to change the mindset. Danny, you can you can you can comment about that maybe. I think uh like in Singapore we're just not very encouraged to stand up and like speak. And it's more of like when the teacher talks, you just like listen and you just do. So I think it's a culture kind of thing. But slowly I think it's starting to change. Like if in even in like the swimming world in Singapore as well. So it's more of a two-way communication rather than uh, uh, all the information that's coming from the coach. Yeah, so it's different, I guess, here and where you are. Yeah, you know, I think like I said before, the most important thing is to understand the culture of where you live. You know? And then once you understand that culture, you can make excellence out of that culture. And as slowly as you create excellence, Success is very contagious. Everybody wants to be successful. It doesn't matter. And it's very contagious. And it takes three to four years to build a good thought process and have good structure. So, you know, you just need to be patient. Never try to rush and rush and rush. Just be who you are, absorb, learn, blah, 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 and then make small moves here, small moves there. And out of the blue, you've gone in a straight line, and out of the blue, the curve starts moving in this direction all the way up. Anybody else has anything? Um, I've got more questions. Uh, this one maybe for, for Marcos. Um, in recent times, we're, I don't know if it didn't exist before or just we're more aware of it now because uh, people are more open. Um, but definitely we're experiencing um, 
Hello? Can you hear? It's on separate um, uh, presentation, but um, th this is a, a growing issue that uh, either has been around for a long time and not been dealt with, but uh, it's almost like this virus now that's it, here and um, we're, we're dealing with uh, swimmer depression, child depression and um, uh, coaching or, or professional depression as well. Um, what, what are your comments on that? Well, I think younger people, but we're different. Now, that said, I think that now it's, it is, you know, we have become more aware of that. Maybe before it was there too, but we were not able to see the people speak about it. But it's amazing. I tell you, so many athletes that I work with that normally I, I used to go, hey, I need more. I used to be a little anxious. I need to do this. And then you find out that they have depression. But I'm saying, good swimmers, that they are in, in the bottom. And you're like, I don't understand it. They have great career. They have everything. They can live well. So it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing how the way that we grew up, and this is important because the culture. When Sergio talks about culture, when I, when I, when I knew Joseph, I worked with Joseph, I never mentioned, but I worked with Joseph a little bit for a time in the U.S. because he got a little bit stuck. And we went to a meet and then I met, you know, I knew their parents. Hey, they knew that I was doing, hey, can you work? And one of the things that I realized with Joseph that I, I would really enjoy is that I could talk about emotions. Don't ask me. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's the culture there. But in the U.S., it was very hard to talk with kids about emotions. You, how do you feel in? And like, I don't know. But how did he felt? I don't know. But with Joseph, it was great. I was like, how do you feel? Well, I didn't feel good. I was like, okay. So one of the things is a lot of these now older swimmers, like 20-something, 20 22, 24, many of the problems come from the subconscious, from the habits and the way that they have been suppressing. Like this swimmer, this guy is very good from Europe. And he's, he's so hard on himself because every. His only thought, his only sentence every time that he talks to me is like hard work, hard work. And I'm like, have you ever thought about yourself? Oh, myself. I'm like, because he grew up the way that he thought for all these years, work until maybe now. Because you were so busy, you were doing well, you know, you were in college. But once you start being alone and thinking a lot and things get a little bit harder because now it's not so easy to improve. Now, those things that you have always had there, it's not because the time's used, it's because what you carry with you, now they start coming up. So that's the reason it's important when you start having swimmers different ages, to start understanding what are they thinking every day? Seriously, it's like, have a chat, maybe, you know, it's, it's so hard for college swimmer, uh, coaches, unless you have many coaches and everybody agrees to talk, because it's, it's so hard to sit down with the kids, but I'm gonna give you an example. In this college, this, it's a, big, a good college, they have very good swimmers. I have this girl, no? the, the one from Canada, and, and she tells me one day, I want you to feel. It's like, I can. Why? Because my coach told me that I cannot feel, just do. What? Don't feel, just do. And I'm like, do you know what I mean? It's like, not just what he, she was carrying, because she comes from a divorced family, the parent, whatever, things that you learn. But now coaches, the influence of what you tell a kid is gonna, it can create depression. Make sense? So two things. What you carry in your culture, what you believe. So it's important that kids sit down and as a coach, it's like, okay, you have to be aware of the culture. If the culture is very strict, that means that they don't have freedom to think many times. Make sense? But the human being always feels something. You're human. I like to go out. I would like to dance. I would like to, instead of swimming so hard sometimes to to play a little bit, but because they cannot express it because everything is so rigid, what happens eventually? You explode. You don't say anything because society culture says, don't, don't say that, you just need to follow orders. So what I think is that it's not that it's just happening now. It has been created through the way that we will raise our kids. You know, when I was a kid back home, Sergio and I, in the summers, we'll go to this, my mother's little town. We were until 11 o'clock at night or 12 in this little, close to this little church in the park with a mover like, I don't know how old, with 15 kids talking with bicycles. You know, it's like, it's, uh, now kids is different. Communication. So one of the things that I did with Sergio Bowles, it was like, 
I learned, I learned that you need to create communication. So the only way to cut the pressure and things like that is people telling you what they feel and you helping them, not you maybe, because if I have kids or swimmers that they have depression, I don't feel, I'm not a therapist. What I learned as a coach is my role is to send them somewhere that can help them. But if we can work together with somebody to help them, you know, and I can work with them, it can be fantastic, you know. Because when I work as, as a coach, I never think about the negatives. A coach, what you learn is that you think about the tools that they have to work with them. Now, as you work with them, the, the, the challenges are going to come up by itself. But if I start thinking with a, with a swimmer, okay, this, every, every, with everybody that I work has something wrong, I'm going to start creating from the negative instead of saying, okay, let's find what you have that is powerful. Remember that, okay, what are your strengths? And let's utilize those strengths to manage whatever challenges you have. Then it becomes exciting. But I think depression and anxiety is always there. It can always appear based on the way that you, you were raised in the culture, your parents. Because, then what, because they, there is a moment there is too much pressure. And then you don't know how to deal with things because you didn't never have that freedom to deal with that. So that's an interesting subject that I think eventually is going to open the doors for teams to work in the mental part. I would rather... If I was a coach now in swimming, I would rather dedicate every week a couple hours to the mental side instead of practice. When I, I used to swim summer leagues, and there was a time in college, uh, and I say because I was tired of having 40 kids, 9 to 11 years old, and in a, in a rich area in Florida, and they would treat me and the assistant coach like crap, and I say, okay, that's enough. I say, okay, whoever wants to really learn, because I had to hand, you know, I was working there. I wasn't the head coach, so I had to do it. So I said, whoever wants to really learn, let's do it in the weekend. So they, they allowed me to have them. I didn't charge. You know, I was an international student. But I would have them for 30 or 40 minutes talking before practice. We would just train nothing, 40 minutes or 30 minutes in the water. But, okay, what do you feel? How do you think? Do you know what happens in a few weeks? The parents was like, man, my kid in school has changed. My kid now in, in competition, they were flying. They were changed automatically just because you took the time to ask them, man. Eh, how do you like this? How do you feel like this? Remember the, the emotions, the emotional part, it comes from whatever you have in the subconscious. So if you're able to communicate with a kid or allow them with games, because everybody's different, eventually you will create so much trust that will tell you things that will allow you to coach them. So, you know, depression, it's gonna happen. Depression, you cannot avoid that. What you can do is helping them to manage things and channel them to the person that can really help them. It's, it's, a, it's a challenge to, to, as a coach to think that you have the responsibility to, to help somebody yourself that has depression. It's not, it's not possible. It's, too, it's very tough. It's very tough. Those are, those are my thoughts. On, on I that. think what's important is... That's a good question. good question. I think what's important is to recognize that it's a very simple thing that at whatever level you live, at one point, even you can be 10 years old, you lose ownership of who you are. And losing ownership of who you are is very, it, it, it's, the, it's the worst thing that can happen. And we all do that because of, if you're a good athlete, because the responsibility of your country, the responsibility of your federation, the responsibility of your coaches, your managers, the newspapers. But if you're a 10 year old, and you know, the pressure that your parents are putting, the pressure that your neighbors are putting, the, the pressure that your teammates are putting, and at one point, you don't really know if you're swimming for yourself because you love it or you're swimming for something else. And as a coach, you have to make sure that you're always trying to create an environment where they don't lose ownership of who they are. You know, if you can do that, you can have a better environment with better mental health, if you want to call it that way, where the kids, you know, maybe this year they don't work very hard, but three years on the road, they feel like, wow, this is me and this is what I can do, you know. And instead of like, just do this, do this, because you're so good, you have to do it. It's like, well, what about if I'm that good and I don't want to do it? I just want to have fun. Well, you, you're losing your gift. You're so good. And I want to coach an Olympic champion. So you have to do it. Uh, so you have to be very careful with that. You know? and, and we all get into that point because coaching is about having a big ego. Coaching is an egotistical thing. But you have to walk a very thin line. That thin line is where it fits your ego, but it doesn't take away from 
the, the kids or the coach or the swimmers that you coach. And that's a very important thing. Ownership of the sport, not the sport, of who you are. That's probably one of the things that you have to in with that will come mental health, will come all these new things that people are talking about, but it's a very simple thing. If, if you're interested in a book, there is a, a growth. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard about the growth or the fixed mindset. There is a book about by Carol, I don't remember the last name, but this is very powerful based on studies and research. And normally a, a fixed mindset is going to be a person that, that regardless of how good he is, is going to end up probably in an anxiety, depression. And a growth mindset, regardless of the talent that you have, normally it's a person that's going to always grow because the way of thinking. So it's, it's about finding uh, uh, thoughts, you know, understanding different process and trying to channel that through communication with the athletes. But I think Sergio, what he says is key is learn yourself things and practice and find your own way because it has to be through your way of expressing and doing things. It's not, it cannot be just like cookie cutter. They say, you know, I mean, the book says just do this. You have to express it your own way. Anybody else? Nope. Yes. All right. Hey, it's it's twelve twenty a.m. where I am, so I might leave this meeting. Uh, uh, and um, I'll I'll plan another one for next week. All right. Next Wednesday. I, I, I'm recording this one. And I'm going to find a place where I can put this big file, either as a podcast, whatever, like and you guys can go back and listen to it for free, or you can uh, tell other people to come and, and look at it. Okay? Um, if you have any subjects, you know, I tried to come up with two subjects this week. If you have anything that you guys want to talk about, uh, let's, uh, or you want to present, let's do this, that you want to present to all of us. It's not about me trying to, present something you know so let's do that you know because all of you have some good thoughts and some good experiences that we can all learn from one another uh, and I, I i i like this idea but i want to facil facilitate all of us to get together all right so good yes awesome. thanks serge thanks marcus thank you guys so much for doing this Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Goodbye. Well, have a uh, yeah. Have All a good right. day. I'm, I'm oh gonna go now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go sleep. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks, Thanks, Mark. Yes, sir. Thanks, Mark.